everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Jasmine Petty. And Giuseppe Corallo. And today we have a very special guest with us, fellow Grey's fan and former nurse, Tammy Plunkett. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Tammy. We're so happy to have you on board. I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for having me. All right, and thank you to everyone for joining us. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 4 of Grey's Anatomy, entitled No Man's Land. Uh, so, Tammy, uh, why don't you start us off uh, by introducing yourself and uh, talking a bit about how you got into the show. So, uh, as you mentioned, I am a former registered nurse. I worked mainly in critical care with transplant patients and in the cardiac ICU. I left nursing uh, to have my third and fourth child um, and became quite I wouldn't say bored, but it was a lot easier to care for a healthy baby that slept 20 hours a day than life and death patients in the ICU. So I returned to my first love, which is writing. And as a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy, uh, and as they say, write what you know, I ended up writing a book called Clinical Trial. I started it 10 years ago, way back when I was still watching Grey's Anatomy in its first run. <laughs> um, and then I just sat on it. I didn't uh, end up publishing it. Uh, life got in the way. But as the pandemic happened, and I restarted watching Grey's Anatomy from the beginning to to now, I, uh, I decided to release the book and it was released this last September. Uh, and it's available now anywhere you buy books. If you're a fan of Grey's Anatomy, you would love clinical trial. Do you want to tell us something like really quick about the plot of your book? I'm very curious. Oh, the plot. So uh, the main character is Dr. Georgia Lawrence, and she's very similar to Christina. Uh, she is a, a kick-ass heart surgeon. And uh, she has a patient who is about to die uh, if they don't get a heart transplant and the hearts are very rare, a heart, she has a very rare blood type. Uh, but there is a clinical trial happening within the hospital and um, Dr. Georgia has to convince Matt to allow her to use his clinical trial uh, and to have her patient be the first patient to receive the it's stem cell research. And then uh, the stem cells disappear and the uh, all of the um, information about how to use the stem cells disappear. So uh, they have to find the stem cells and, uh, and then people start dying. <laughs> so it's a lot of a, there, there's a good mystery in it. Uh, and, and obviously love affairs and, uh, and all of the medical stuff that you get in Grey's Anatomy. I'm so intrigued, Tammy, really. I, I love mysteries. I love mystery books. I love all Agatha Christie. And, you know, to have this kind of storylines mixed up with the Grey's Anatomy, you know, flavor, I, I think that's a, a great read. I'm going to read it, I promise. And mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to you and tell you what I thought about it. Oh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. We do a book review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Going back to Grey's Anatomy, you said that you stopped watching it, right, a few years ago. Yes, yes, I did. I took a break. I think, oh, I think it was probably around... 2010, 2012. Uh, so yeah, maybe season six or seven, I, I took a break. Uh, but you know, nothing like a pandemic to remind you to, <laughs> to unplug from life and, and enjoy what you enjoy. So I, I jumped back in from from the beginning. Saying, uh, did you start watching the show originally because you were a nurse? Or what was it that kind of brought you to the show? Oh, yes. As a yes, as a nurse, uh, 
it's funny. Like we, we just love medicine <laughs> and, and we just, I, I loved, I, I watched all of the hospital based uh, shows then and now still. Uh, and uh, yeah, I loved, but Grey's Anatomy is different. Grey's Anatomy has a huge romance um, flavor to it, which mm-hmm. I also love when I started writing, I started writing romance. So uh, it, it combined both my, my love for the hospital and, and my love of romance. Right on. And what is the, who is your favorite character? And has oh. it changed over the years now that, I mean, when you picked the show back, did, did you change your favorite character or, or it's still the same? It's Christina, it's Meredith, who is it? Yeah, Christina and Meredith are very strong. I love them. Um, Me too. Yeah, and for different reasons. Like I want to be Christina <laughs> and I'm, I'm probably very much like Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think those are my two favorite. Uh, and then, uh, you know, moving forward, I loved um, Dr. Pierce. I love, I'm trying to think of everybody's names. <laughs> There's so I many can characters. see them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like Dr. Pierce. I liked Amelia. I liked uh, Callie. There's so many that I liked. Yeah. I love, I love Callie. And so you watched season 17, right? No, I have not. <laughs> How far have you gotten? How far have you gotten? I am in season 13 right now. Okay. So we can't spoil anything. We can't spoil anything. Yeah. yeah right. Right. <laughs> but, but have you already been spoiled by some, by later storylines or, or, or you don't know anything about what happens next? What happens after season 13? Um, I've, I've seen commercials on television, so I do see that there have been some characters who have re- like uh, reappeared and uh, and there was this rumor that it was the last season. So I, I know a little bit of okay, what's going, what, what I'm expected to see soon. Or we won't spoil anything for you. Nothing past uh, season 13. And we're talking about season one today, so that's OK. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're going straight to the beginning. And speaking of, Jasmine, do you want to do the 30-second recap of the episode that we're going to talk about? Yes. Okay, do you want to count me down? Yes. Three, two, one, go. In this episode, Christina and Burke treat Alice Gray's former scrub nurse, Elizabeth Fallon, and the experience changes Christina forever. Meanwhile, Meredith and Derek treat a patient with nails in his head as Meredith struggles to deal with her mother's Alzheimer's. And we see Meredith and Derek go on their first date. George is upset that Meredith and Izzy treat him like a sister and feels emasculated, as does Izzy's patient when he finds out that the former model is his doctor. And Alex plays a cruel prank on Izzy, only for her to have the last laugh. So, Tammy, do you want to tell us what you thought about the episode and how this how this compared to, you know, the season that you're actually watching right now, season 13? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, it is very different. Um, the feel is different. I feel that uh, it's a little more innocent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, it was so nice to return to visit with characters that you don't see anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. with, with George and even Dr. Burke. Um, And um, yeah, it was, it was a nice revisit. Yeah. What, what struck with me rewatching this episode was how, I mean, there were a few characters back then, but there were like fewer storylines so, for example, Bailey didn't have her own storyline. So right now we have lots of characters, lots of different storylines. But here everything seemed, I don't know, like tighter, if it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you feel the same, Jasmine, Tammy? Yes. And I wonder when you think about our attention spans 
10, 15 years ago and our attention spans now, we're so used to uh, dealing with way more information coming to us all at once. And I wonder if that's why we can handle more storylines now mm -hmm. than we did then. That's right. Yeah, that's a good yeah. episode. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think too, because you know we're on episode four here, we're just starting to learn who these characters are, understand the world of the hospital, and I think because, you know, those early episodes are so much about setting all of that up and kind of the show finding its footing. I think you're right. You know, not every character has their own storyline. There are kind of three main storylines here versus I think the later seasons are once, I think, you know, after you got about five or six seasons in, you know, they'd really established what the show was. At that point, you're still watching your, you know, you're, you're familiar with what this world is. They can give every single character their own individual storyline. And so, you know, it's much more involved and expansive. Um, I think because they've done they've done that setup, they don't need to explain things to you as much. Whereas I feel like in this episode, because we're so early on, they're still establishing who everyone is. Yeah. Yeah. And also I thought that the writing was more nuanced. So I think probably the main storyline we're going to want to talk about today is uh, Christina's storyline, uh, which I loved. And Tammy, I'm really interested to hear uh, your thoughts as a former nurse, because this is, you know, a prominent storyline that deals with, you know, Alice Gray's former scrub nurse comes to the hospital, Christina trying to get in on this surgery, realizing that, you know, they've brought her here to, to die, to, you know, to pass away peacefully. So I'm really interested to hear, to hear your thoughts, because I, I felt, you know, I felt one way about that, but I haven't actually, you know, d done this job. Um, I'm really interested to hear your, your thoughts on that storyline. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. So um, one of the things that stood out to me immediately was when Christina introduced, well, introduced herself when she woke <laughs> Nurse Fallon up <laughs> to do her, her uh, exam, she said, so you're a nurse here. And Nurse Fallon corrected her and said, a scrub nurse. And that yeah. reminded me very much of the hierarchy, even within nursing in a hospital. And I did it myself when I introduced myself. I wasn't just a nurse. I was an ICU nurse. Hmm. And there is this hierarchy of, um, of specialty, I find, within the, uh, within the hospital. So that stood out to me right away. And it also spoke to Nurse Fallon's character of how important her career was for her. And so it makes sense to me that if the hospital was her family and the hospital was her home and that her identity was so uh, entangled in being a scrub nurse that she would want to die there because these were her people and this was her place. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that idea of, um, you know, some people and a lot of people, you know, they want to die. They want to be taken out of the hospital. They want to die at home, like in the home as in like, you know, the apartment or house that they lived in. But I think for nurse Fallon, as I'm sure this is for other people, um, you know, if your if your work is your home, if that's your life, you want to be there. You want to be surrounded by the the people and and the place where you've uh, you've dedicated uh, your life. So this is like her her wish to die at home because this this is her home in a way. Yeah, yeah. I also loved the that Nurse Fallon was a mirror for Christina. That mm -hmm. it, it showed Christina how this is her future. When she said, you know. Uh, Christina had spent the night and and was sort of complaining about it. And Nurse Fallon said, "Listen, you're not going home to a spouse and kids or a dog, even you." And she says, "No, I'd go home to a bed." And she says, "There's beds here." And she was sort of teaching her who Christina is going to become. Yeah, no, this is you know this this is is the life that you sign up for. Yeah. Um, so like, don't complain about it when you when you signed up for it. Yeah. And the way she says. 
this is exactly this is who we are i don't feel sorry for you <laughs> and i also love that it was a very comedic comedic interaction be between the two of them because there was christina wishing to do the whipple surgery right yeah mm -hmm. and what i loved about this storyline was how this is a defining moment in christina's career because this is the first time she says she she calls time of death yes which i did remember this thing but now i get why they used the song where does the good go also for the last christina meredith scene So if you remember, the last dancing out moment between Meredith and Christina is done with, the, with this music, Where Does the mm -hmm. Good Go, which we first hear here at the end of this episode, wow. which is appropriate because Christina is saying for the first time, time of death, is calling time of death. And when she leaves Meredith, it is a little death in a way. Yes. So I really applaud the writers, you know, for all these little connections and throwbacks that they do. I really, and, really... And on that one, so... I don't know if either of you have read this, but uh, Shonda Rhimes' book, Year of Yes, she actually talks about that choice in there where, so she wasn't on set when Christina's last uh, scene was filmed because she was with her kids. And in this book, she was talking about, you know, the Faustian bargain, uh, Tammy, I'm sure you know this, where, you know, if you're with your kids and your family doing one thing, you're missing something at work. If you're at work, you're missing something with your kids. Yeah. And she talks about the Faustian bargain where, you know, she was there when Chris, a lot of Christina's uh, last scenes were being filmed, not the last, but a lot of them. And so she missed, you know, recitals and she missed this stuff with her kids. But that day she was with her kids doing something that was important to them. And so she missed Sandra O's last scene as Christina. And so when they were editing that episode, there was a big argument in the writer's room between her and everybody else about what music do we use And she's like, yeah, I, I want my writers to challenge me. And so we're arguing about this. And then somebody goes, season one. And she goes, yes. And they picked that song um, because of the original moment in which it's used here mm -hmm. um, to have it be her part of her, her ending. And so that was a very uh, deliberate thing. And they spent a lot of time arguing about what the right song choice was. And I agree with Giuseppe. I think it was, I think it was a really good, good choice for the moment. I yeah. love that. I hadn't even noticed. Yeah. yeah. If you ever read that book, it's so good. It's, that book changed my life. It's so good. I have to read it. I keep saying that I'm going to read it. And <laughs> then I have to read it. So yeah. the big theme of this episode was intimacy. Uh, intimacy in relationships, in, uh, in all kinds of relationships, in friendships. And I, I really loved this theme. What did you think about it? And, I, and the way it applied to the different storylines. I loved it. And I, I feel that it applied to every single one of the storylines uh, throughout the, the whole episode. It's uh, intimacy is, is what you trade off. Uh, so it, just to go back to Christina and Nurse Fallon, letting go of intimacy is when you only know that your patient is the Whipple in room three, and you don't get to know their name. But when you do become attached and, and have an intimate relation, not relationship, intimate relationship as in romantic, but uh, any type of intimacy and getting to know your patient, that's when you end up uh, doing CPR, even though they're a do not resuscitate. That's when you don't want your patient to die. So um, yeah, I found uh, intimacy ran deep in the whole episode and it's such an important topic. Yeah, and I, I thought to like on that point, when Christina is taking um, Nurse Fallon through the hospital, they're on the gurney and she's talking to her and Christina's kind of annoyed because she just wants to do the whip or she doesn't actually want to talk to this person. Yeah. 
but she's, you know, she's, uh, I was talking about how, um, you know, some patients, you know, never, some doctors never learn the names of their patients and blah, blah, blah. You know, they think it clouds the medicine. And she goes, you know, let me guess, you know, and those ones are, are worse because they don't get to know them. And she goes, no, some of those are some of the best, but then there are others who feel that getting to know their patients makes them better surgeons and they're really good. And so her point isn't that one is better than the other. It's that everyone has their own um, process and that you need to find yours and that she's trying to teach this to Christina, I think because she she sees someone ambitious and she knows that her time is coming up. Um, and so she's trying to impart this wisdom in kind of her own her own way before she goes. And Christina doesn't understand that at the time because she thinks that she's going to do this before this woman's going to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's not. And Burke knows that. Uh, and Richard knows that and everybody else, you know, kind of knows that. But Christina uh, is new. So she doesn't realize that that's what's happening until that, you know, that scene in the hallway where she's like, well, it's like you've brought her here to die. And Burke's just kind of standing there going, you know, staring at her until she gets it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, as Tammy was saying, intimacy ran deep in this episode. And I think it was narrated for different points of view. For example, the intimacy in a romantic relationship, as we can see in the um, for the patients of Meredith and Derek, and I thought there was a beautiful storyline because it really was connected to Meredith's relationship with with her mother, and I I I felt very emotional how Meredith felt that she had to speak up and that she had to tell this woman to not make the surgery for her husband because she will lose him because that man would not be him anymore. And in a way, I, I thought it was fitting for the Meredith, for Meredith because at the end of season five, Izzy has cancer and she has to decide if she wants to do um, brain surgery. But that surgery could actually delete all her memories and personality. And Meredith in that occasion as well is against it. And mm -hmm. she begs Izzy not to take the, not to do the surgery, and I think that this is, at the core is about Meredith knowing what it means to to lose yourself and you know to, to to erase your identity and how it is difficult for the person who remains to remember everything for you know to 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 take the burden you know of all the memories that have been lost. So I thought there was a very powerful speech that she gave. Um, her patient, I mean, her wife's pa patient. What yeah. did you think? I agree. <clears throat> she, and I loved when the patient responded, um, I can carry our memories for the both of us, even if he doesn't remember. And I think that's a burden that Meredith at that time did not want to carry. I, I thought too, like I, when I was watching that scene where, you know, she thought it was the, like the, the, the wife who was pushing and then she explained that, no, no, her husband was the one that wanted it. And my heart just broke for them because, you know, she's like, I can remember for the for the both of them, I can do it. And Derek's upset with Meredith because, you know, she thinks that, you know, she's being rash because, you know, she's an intern and and she doesn't, you know, she's new. But we, because we have context for what Meredith is going through at the time with her mother, you know, Derek himself has not gone through something like this. You know, he hasn't lost somebody you know, in, in the sense of, you know, they're still physically there, but but mentally who they are is gone in, in a certain way. But Meredith is going through that. So she's trying to explain this to them because they don't 
realize that, you know, I mean, everyone's choice is different, but to me, you know, I'd want that three to five good years as who I am, not 10 years where the other person, I couldn't remember anyone. And she's just trying to explain that, but Derek doesn't have that context. And so my heart just, my heart just broke for everybody because these people don't understand what they're about to go through. Derek doesn't understand where Meredith is coming from. And Meredith is trying to explain to them, to, to the wife, you know, what that's actually going to be like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, know, I think this took me particularly hard because I, um, I mean, I'm not their primary caregiver, but I do have um, a member of my family right now, my grandmother, who, who is suffering from, from dementia and parts of my family are dealing with that. And it's, um, yeah, it's tough. You don't realize it until someone in your life gets it, just how hard it is, I think. Yeah. 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 Tammy, I wanted to ask you something. You know, in this case, Meredith, you know, gets in the middle of the situation. But I wanted to know from experience as a nurse, did it ever happen to you or to your colleagues, you know, to, to get involved like personally in these cases? Or you, of course, always are always good at keeping things separate? <laughs> uh, let me dig back in my memory bank and see. Um, I would say most of the time we were keeping things separate uh, and definitely not advising patients as to what they should or should not do. Uh, that being said, uh, in the hallways or in the lunchroom, we would definitely share our opinions with each other as to what we thought, um, especially when it came to um, when to pull the plug, because in ICU, that's definitely uh, a discussion that we have often. Um, so yeah, when yeah. we would talk about, uh, um, we would not talk about it with the patients. Uh, that's generally something that a doctor would do and not a nurse, but as nurses, we would talk about the patients who were being kept alive with no hope, um, behind their backs. <laughs> yeah. It must be very hard you know, yeah. to, to be there. And yeah, yeah, of course you know, changing the tone of what we we're saying, uh, I think that as, as we were saying, intimacy was was approached from a comedic point of view as well with uh, the easy and, and George storyline and how George <laughs> kept feeling, you know, emasculated and how easy kept pressuring him to buy tampons. So <laughs> I thought it was a funny, funny, funny storyline and I really miss George. I really miss Easy. I really miss their friendships. And I also loved all the interaction between George and, and Alex and how Alex kept teasing him because of his relationship with the, you know, with the girls, with Meredith and, and Izzy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Tammy, I'm interested to know your thoughts. Cause I, I have to say that the, the, the storyline at the, um, at the end there with, with Izzy, her patient and George and also with Alex uh, is probably one of my favorites of, of the entire series, I think. Um, so I'd love to hear your, your thoughts kind of on that storyline. Oh, first I have to say, uh, rewatching it, I was shocked that those two ever got married, Alex and, and <laughs> I know, right? It's like, so awful in this episode. <laughs> yes. It's like, I wanted to hate him so badly. Um, uh, I, I, I have to say I can relate to Izzy, not that I'm a supermodel, but when <laughs> I started nursing, I was young. And of course, most 20, 22 year olds look good compared to 50 year olds. And uh, I was often not taken seriously as a nurse. Uh, and 
that, that was frustrating, especially as a young nurse, like they wanted somebody who knew what they were doing, even though I knew what I was doing, I was a very smart person, but, uh, and obviously I didn't start in the ICU when I first started nursing. That was something that came a little later on, but, uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely identify, and maybe this isn't meant to be in the storyline or I was imposing it was this uh, being kicked out of the, out of the room. And in the beginning, when she didn't know why he was kicking her out, it wasn't, uh, like I wasn't taking it as it's because you're a model. It was at, because you're not good enough because you're not smart enough, especially the first time, because she didn't understand why he was kicking her out. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, no, no, I'm a surgeon. Like I'm actually a doctor and I'm smart here. So uh, I could definitely identify with that. Um, yeah, I adore George. I, I miss him. Uh, he was fabulous. I oh. think that Tammy said it's very interesting because sometimes in my work, I think everybody feels like that, you know, just because someone is young, it doesn't, doesn't get appreciated enough or he doesn't get credit for what he says, for his ideas. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. feel that. Yeah, and I have to say, I think, his storyline here is one of one of my favorites uh, for a few reasons. You know that whole thing about not being uh, not being taken seriously. Uh, I also really identified with that as a short blonde person. I often get mistaken. Doesn't happen as much anymore, but I often got uh, you know up until a few years ago got mistaken for a lot younger than I actually am by a good like five to ten years. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I was in high school and people thought I was in middle school. I was in university. People thought I was in high school or first year. You know, I'm in graduate school and, you know, people thought I was in high school. So um, that's that's very frustrating when, you know, you, you don't control how you, you look in terms of, you know, if you look younger or older than your own age, other people's perception of you, you can't control that. And that feeling of like having to prove that you need to be there, or those awkward conversations where people are like, oh, so like you're helping your, your mom out with this or, or whatever. And you have to explain to them that you're an adult who lives alone. Yeah. So I, 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 I really identify with that feeling. And, you know, Izzy's frustration, you know, not understanding why he was, why this guy was upset. And then in the end, coming to advocate for him. Um, Yeah, so I really identify with that. And I love how she, you know, she overcame that, even though this guy was being a jerk to her, she overcame that to advocate for what her patient, what her patient needed and wanted. And I have to say that the locker room scene when Alex is being such a director, that is actually one of my favorite scenes of the entire series, at least from Izzy, because I love that she took something where they were trying to make fun of her. Because the butt of the joke there is, oh, she's a model. But in reality, I think that's actually quite feminist and quite empowering because, so what's the joke? The joke is that she's so beautiful that people want to take pictures of her and that she used that money to become a doctor. I mean, that's all stuff to be proud of. Um, But, you know, in, in that sexist way, I think a lot of things that, you know, when women, when we use the assets that we're given, um, or that we cultivate to, to move ahead in our lives, you know, it's it's disparaged so often. Um, and I love how Izzy turns that around and she goes, okay, you want to laugh at me? Why? Because people want to take sexy pictures of me. No one wants to take, the implication is, you know, no one wants to take sexy pictures of you guys. And then when she turns around, she goes, and you know, she's like, she strips down. She's like, oh, well, we're all doctors. Like, let's look at it here. You know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I look good and I'm not going to hide that. And she goes, okay, you know, yuck it up, laugh all you want. You know, you guys are, you know, $20,000 or $200,000 in, in, in debt. I'm debt free because I put myself through, through med school as a model. And so I, I just thought that was so empowering because when you think about the implications there, every, 
every cent that Izzy makes, apart from what goes to her rent to live at Meredith's house, like her share of the groceries and tampons and whatever, <laughs> every other cent that she makes is her own. Um, yeah. Versus Alex and everybody else in that locker room who's making fun of her, like every every cent they have that isn't going to their rent is going to their their student debt. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was so, I really love that scene because she turns it around and she makes it in something empowering. And I think there's there's a feminism to that, to saying, you know, to taking back that power and being like, oh, you think there's something to laugh at here? Well, like you're the, like, you're the joke here because I'm like, I'm so great. People want to take pictures of me and I'm out of debt and I'm a doctor. Screw you. Um, so I just, I, I love that scene so much. It's hard to watch, but it's, oh, it's one of my favorites. I love it. And I love, I love where you're going with that in terms of the feminine feminism. And uh, there is a dichotomy between emasculating and feminism Mm -hmm. in the whole, in the whole series, uh, sorry, not the whole series, the whole episode between George and uh, George feeling like he's a sister now because he has to buy tampons and, and have, you know, is he steal his toothbrush? (laughs) Uh, But the, the other part of that is the, this play on intimacy again, because if we want to shame the female body into being covered and not, uh, and to think that the only time to enjoy a naked woman is in an intimate relationship, whereas Izzy has no shame about her body. She's happy to strip down in that locker room because they are doctors and she can see her body as more than a sexual object, whereas uh, it's ironic because these doctors are curing the body all the time and yet want to only look at her as doctor model. Yeah. So, yeah. It's one of my favorite moments as well. And I think that we are uh, the moment in which we say our favorite quotes or moment. Is this yours? Uh, or Tammy, do you want to go first with whether this is your favorite quote or you, you have a different one? No, it's not my favorite quote, but my what my favorite quote of the episode is uh, Izzy is involved. And it's when uh, Miranda Bailey says to Izzy, Izzy is not in your job description mm. because she found that uh, dealing with uh, this patient was not easy. And I just loved that one liner. It's so Miranda Bailey to say that <laughs> Izzy is not in your job description. And it is so true. Like we don't sign up to become nurses and doctors for easy. You know, it is much higher calling than that. Yeah, I, I'd say my favorite one is, um, so the locker room scene and her whole her whole quip about, you know, you're, you know, well, you're $200,000 in debt, I'm debt free. Um, yeah. But since I already covered that one, I think uh, my second favorite is the scene, also Izzy. So when Izzy and George are in the scrub room and they realize that, you know, that the doctor is, is going to, is going to, you know, t- take the, the nerve endings and, and they're talking and she goes, she says to him, you know, um, you know, did, did I emasculate you? And he's, he jokes, he's like, no, I'm too much of a man for that. And she realizes that she is being emasculating and she's not being fair and how that's making him feel and that she's being a crappy friend, um, a crappy roommate by not, you know, not acknowledging how he's been feeling and that, you know, being, being treated, you know, being patronized by Alex made, didn't make her feel good. And she realized she's patronizing George. And so I, I really like that other moment as well, where she realizes that and she's like, I need, I need to do better here. And I need to advocate. And then she uses that to advocate for her patient. Um, yeah. He understands where George is coming from. And yeah, I, I really love that. 
number two. So she has a lot of Izzy has a lot of really great, great lines in the, in this episode. What about you, Giuseppe? What was your favorite? Uh, I think my favorite was a Christina quote when she's talking to Izzy about what just happened in the locker room, and she says. Well, if I were you, I'd walk like naked all the time. I, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have skills. I wouldn't even know how to read. I'd just be naked. I think that's my favorite quote. Yeah, that's good. And I, I also really love that scene because I think you see that, like we were talking about feminism, we see the three different perspectives there. You have Izzy fighting to be taken seriously um, after having done something to put herself through med school. You have Meredith trying to make other people see her point because she's secretly dealing with her pain of her mother's Alzheimer's but she also has a leg up on Christina and Izzy because she's a legacy and she's Ellis Gray's daughter which will come up later Mm -hmm. um but then you have Christina fighting to be to to get ahead and be taken seriously as a woman and as an Asian woman and you know that 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 part where Christina says to Izzy where she's like you know it's 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 hard to be around it's frustrating to be around you because she's choosing not to be a part of the surgery because your patient's uncomfortable, where Christina's is just like, I would just go in there, like, screw the patient, I would just go in there. I really love that scene and the, the three different uh, perspectives that you get there. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I feel that, uh, especially to go back to when Nurse Fallon was saying there's, there's doctors who know their patients' names and doctors who don't, I think that Izzy is that doctor who knows all of her patients' names. And when you go through, uh, you know, throughout the whole series, Izzy's the one who cries. Uh, Izzy was near tears just uh, defending herself to this patient in this episode, whereas uh, Christina will remember every stitch that she's ever made. Yeah. 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 Okay, people, that's our show. So a big thank you to Tammy for being on our show today. Really, thank you. Thank you so much, Tammy, for being here. It was fun. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. (laughs) If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at Dance It Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance It Out Grey's Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast.